Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. Welcome to a special episode of the show brought to you in partnership with Arlington Economic Development, where we discuss issues related to the workforce, the role of place in the future of work, and the role of the creative sector in a larger business context. We call this return on creativity. Today, we're going to talk about the role of public art in place and its relationship to the people who live and work in a place like Arlington County, Virginia. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Angela Anderson Adams, Director, Arlington Public Art at Arlington Economic Development. Angela, welcome to the show. Thanks, Greg. It's great to be here. Yeah, looking forward to talking about this topic with you. Um, So why don't we get started with you giving a little background on yourself as well as what you're currently doing. Well, to give a little personal background, I, I, of course, live and work both in Arlington, but I was born and raised in the area. And except for about six years when I attended college and grad school in the Midwest, I have lived my entire life in the DMV. For the past 29 years, this coming March, um, I've worked for Arlington County Cultural Affairs, and most of that time I've served as the county's public art program director. And prior to that time, um, I served as adjunct curator at the National Museum of Women in the Arts. And before that, I was the exhibitions curator for the Museum of Contemporary Art Arlington, which until recent months was known as the Arlington Art Center. So I was their, their first curator exhibitions director way back in the late 80s. <laughs> and of course, the Arlington Art Center, for those of you who don't know, it's housed in a historic building on Wilson Boulevard just south of the Virginia Square Metro. And uh, looks are deceiving because that building went through a renovation over a decade ago. And they're really amazing contemporary spaces inside for, for the display of the art of our time, which of course is what contemporary art is. And this actually included a really unique collaboration we did with the county's historic preservation program, where we um, restored and installed three Tiffany stained glass windows. These were found um, in the eastern end of Columbia Pike near um, the uh, Arlington Cemetery, just over the one of the walls of the cemetery. And we went through this process of, of renovating this uh, or, or restoring the stained glass and incorporating it into this renovation of this historic building. And actually, you can see those from the exterior of the, of the building. So just wanted to point that out as you know, it's it's been great to be living and working in this community for as long as I have. And then I have, you know, touched on numerous institutions, but it's, it was really great to be able to bring public art to that facility, which um, and that program, which I, I dearly love. <laughs> so yeah. just wanted to point that out. Yeah. 
Great, great. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's get started here. So, uh, you know, first, uh, we're here to talk about public art and and its role in 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 place. Uh, but for those that are maybe a little less familiar with the term, uh, what exactly is do we consider public art? And uh, what do you how do you feel the role of public art in a community? What, you know, what is what is its role? Public art can refer to lots of things depending on where you are. Here in Arlington, it's my job to implement our community vision for public art. And this is articulated in the county board adopted policy and master plan. And the policy and master plan basically tell us that we prioritize an integrated approach to public art here in Arlington. And what that means is that we plan for art at the outset of the project. So this is known as the design development phase. This is when you know, we typically plan what a, an element of infrastructure or a building or a park or open space is going to look like. And it's at this stage that we'll often invite the artist in to develop some aspect of the project, some enhancement that really often sets this facility apart in, in some way or another. In Arlington, um, public art can be t- uh, t- you know, permanent or temporary, but it's become synonymous with civic design and placemaking. And so we use public art in, in places that are important to the community, places where we tend to gather for various reasons throughout the day, the week, and the year. So in other words, we put public art where people are here in Arlington. How does public art reflect the values and identity of a community? And how does a place like Arlington decide which projects are chosen? So um, I mentioned Arlington's public art policy, and it identifies three different types or methods for commissioning public art. County-initiated projects, site plan or developer-initiated projects, and community-initiated projects. And all three processes are guided by the Public Art Committee of the Arlington Commission for the Arts. The committee also recommends our annual projects plan to the county manager for their review and acceptance. And all of these projects are guided by the Public Art Master Plan, which sets forth a vision, program areas, and priorities for public art in Arlington. So in the case of county-initiated projects, we participate in the annual preparation of the Capital Improvement Plan, where we monitor everyone else's plans for possible public art opportunities. Um, We're also often enlisted by our colleagues in various departments to help plan enhancements for their projects, often in response to requests from the community to improve the design or aesthetic appeal of those projects, such as a new bridge, a park, or other public facility. And in many cases, I like to say, we bring the defining feature to the project. It's that part that people remember and often refer to when they say, I'll meet you at the <laughs> whatever it yeah, is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I jokingly say we, we know we've succeeded also when, when the work of art becomes the unofficial logo for a place. And we see it rendered on T-shirts, banners, or prominently featured on the facility website. My favorite examples of this are when the Parks Department years ago created T-shirts celebrating the 4th of July at Longbridge Park. And then the design of the T-shirt included Doug Hollis's Wave Arbor. I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. Public art, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, and then, you know, it happened again with the Roslyn bid when they rendered Nancy Holt's Dark Star Park in a sort of a stylized way. And it was appeared on the streetlight banners in Roslyn. So, 
you know, this happens, I like to say, if you commission the right work for the, you know, the right place and you work with the community and the project team from the start. And then for developer projects, which are the oldest part of our program, we really trace these back to the mid seventies with the creation again of Dark Star Park and Roslyn. Um, and this is when we encourage developers to commission their own artworks as a community benefit, which is negotiated through the site plan process. And, you know, this, these artworks are typically developed under the administrative review of the project during implementation after the county board has approved the site plan, but it still involves the review of the public art committee. And in the cases of both county and developer initiated projects, the public art committee endorses both the artist selection and the final concept or design for the artwork. With community-initiated projects, they're different, and our program only gets involved when the proposal for the project is on public property of some sort. Um, So in all cases, the public art committee and public art staff, we, in our review, follow a set of criteria which we feel has been clearly outlined from the beginning of the project and endorsed by one or more review panels all of which include representative members from the community. But sometimes we have technical review. We always have panels that select the artist and then recommend the artist and then the concept to the public art committee. So there's a lot of community review in deciding what public art projects go forward here. Before we continue, I'd like to introduce you to a sponsor of the show, Basecamp. Throughout my career, whether it was at my own agency or now as a consultant, Basecamp is what we rely on to help keep projects on track, on schedule, and on budget. It takes a straightforward approach to project management, it streamlines workflow management, and definitely keeps the team in the loop and on top of ongoing updates, which all are major components in a smooth running operation. No matter if it's a simple campaign or a multi-million dollar project, Basecamp has been a key ingredient in the recipe for a successful project and business. If you're struggling with projects, sign up for Basecamp. Their pricing is simple and they give you all their features in a single plan. No upsells, no upgrades. Go to Basecamp.com agile. That's Basecamp.com A-G-I-L-E and try Basecamp for free. No credit card required and cancel anytime. Thank you, Basecamp, for sponsoring this episode. Now let's get back to the show. And so you touched on, you know, we talked about the identity of a community and, and touched a little bit on aesthetics, but how, how does a public art project enhance the, both the aesthetic, but as well as cultural value of a community? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So one of the big things that Arlington Economic Development strives to accomplish is placemaking. And this term, you know, is really familiar now in common parlance and, People use it to mean, just like public art, a lot of different things. Some people refer to it as placekeeping, which I think is also a lovely way of thinking of some places don't need to be made, they just need to be preserved. So whether you call it placemaking or placekeeping, um, these are terms that don't always involve art. And so it's important that you understand or that people understand that there are lots of methods that can be and should be and are, especially here in Arlington, employed to improve a location that either is is already an attraction or could be made to be an attraction. So this approach 
generally results in a place, ideally, that encourages people to gather or linger or somehow appreciate it more. So that's sort of this idea of placemaking, placekeeping. In other circumstances, placemaking may just offer legibility, something that helps people understand where they are if they're in unfamiliar you know, territory. It might create an opportunity for a local business to set up shop. It could preserve or enhance a spot that people already identify, as I mentioned, as valuable, which in turn teach other people about the value or significance of this place. So, so placemaking or placekeeping often has one or more of these goals in mind. And I like to use this term to sort of understand public art's role in placemaking or placekeeping that, you know, we work alongside architecture, landscape design, graphic design, wayfinding, urban forestry, historic preservation, and various types of programming or temporary gestures, pop-up gestures that collectively comprise the placemaking toolbox. So when, when used for placemaking, art often has fewer practical considerations to account for. These other fields are much more technical often and have different interests at stake. So, you know, artwork um, should never be in the service of commercial expression, for instance. And in Arlington, our monuments and memorials serve distinct functions and run through separate review processes. So what this means is that public art, if it's a tool, if it's the tool you use in your placemaking toolbox to make a place, you know, better, it's free to provide this crowning gem or element of surprise that makes the place memorable, desirable, and worth preserving. Yeah. So how are these, uh, the values and identity we talked about, we talked about aesthetic and cultural value. Certainly they're, they're important to the people that live in the community that, you know, they, every day they, they see the, the public art there and they can appreciate that. They can identify their neighborhoods by it. How is it valuable not only to them, but, um, you know, as well as to those businesses, uh, as well as the people that work there, you know, what, how, how, how can public art be a true value to them as well? Well, you know, I like to think if you create a distinctive and memorable place, people will want to live and work and locate their business there yeah. um, and visit there, you know, as, as tourists. So with public art, our work is focused on the public realm, which, as I understand it, you know, is stewarded by the government as a shared asset. And it's my belief that if sufficient investment is made in the public realm, private investment typically follows. Um, so with public art, we found that developers, for instance, whose projects make up more than half of our permanent collection of about 77 artworks, developers, when hiring artists, will go in above and beyond the expected minimum contribution that's spelled out in their site plan condition when engaging an artist. And this ends up benefiting both the private landowner and those of us who pass by and enjoy their art. Take, for example, Amazon, uh, working on the HQ2 project down at Met Park. You know, they came to us early on seeking guidance for what the new public art projects that are developed to enhance the, the park design, you know, what were we looking for? So their consultant, you know, reached out and I said, you know, I directed her to themes in our public art master plan. And our themes relate to Arlington's history, our relationship to the federal city, our global connections, equity, environmental sustainability. These are our values as a community. And so I noted 
also that it was important to maintain the diverse array of artists represented in our collection. We try to balance it in terms of male, female, local, people from, from, uh, from further away, and ethnic diversity as well. We want to make sure that our collection represents Arlington to the best of our abilities to, to do that. So, you know, we want to make sure that these projects represent, consider Arlington values and history. And so uh, from this, Amazon developed three amazing projects, respectively by artists Nikisha Durrett, Inigo Mangalo Ovalle, and Aurora Robson. And these will all be unveiled uh, this spring. Great, great. What is Arlington County, Virginia's unique position in relation to public art? I mean, certainly there's there's public art in, in, in a lot of places, but you know, what's what's the unique position that Arlington County, Virginia has? And could you give a specific example of a recent project? Yeah, so as I mentioned previously, I mean I think what most distinguishes Arlington public art is is a nearly 40-year commitment to inviting uh, artists to play a major role in designing or enhancing our civic realm. As I mentioned, it goes back to the 70s when we were asking developers, initially in Roslyn, to contribute public art as part of their site plans. So starting with Nancy Holt in Roslyn, who was invited to design a sculpture for a new park in Roslyn back in the day, um, she asked if she could design the entire park instead. And then she asked if she could include a portion of VDOT right away to the south as part of her, part of the park. And, you know, at the time and continuing, our progressively minded planning commission and county staff said, OK. And then this set Arlington on a course for a really big vision for public art. So to this day, we attempt to live up to that era's ambitions for public art, art that engages the city at the scale of the city, or I should say, art that engages at the scale of the city, to borrow a term from the artist Cliff Garten, who has done this with his Corridor of Light project in Roslyn, which we've recently installed two of three phases. And so Cliff Garten's vision, this was in response to express community desire to demarcate the core of Roslyn as it was undergoing its second renaissance. This is, you know, uh, end of 20th century. It's a bold art plan that marks three major entranceways into the county from D.C. to the north, Alexandria to the south and in the center via metro. So we try to think big when it comes to public art. And I think that distinguishes Arlington. And most recently, um, we were awarded about 10 years ago a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts for their Our Town category. And this is when enabled us to invite Walter Hood, to, who's an award-winning artist and, and designer, to really match Nancy Holt's initial visions and ambitions for public art here in Arlington. And we invited him to design the entire park. So that's what he did for us in Green Valley with the John Robinson Jr. Town Square, which includes the Freed sculpture, which he also designed as an art element in the park. So, you know, as I like to say, it it, it took us 35 years to equal uh, or to catch up with ourselves with with this initial big vision for public art. But but we've, we've done it in Green Valley with uh, John Robinson Town Square. That's great. So, you know, we've talked about residents we've talked about businesses and uh, how does public art support not only economic development but also tourism in a community and how does arlington county look at this yeah you know so um arlington cultural affairs i work for um we were part of the parks department until about 12 13 years ago and when we moved over to economic development our colleagues in um 
Arlington Convention and Visitors Services, our tourism group, they were among the first to get on board with promoting the public art resources. And they actively promote our self-guided tours, our collection highlights, efforts and and various programs that we we offer to individual visitors as well as our residents, business tenants, hotel concierge and convention hosts. So anything public art does to increase the distinction of Arlington's public realm, we believe will create an attraction for tourism as well. And you know, we're attracting businesses in a similar fashion. Um, We know that businesses want to be in an area where people want to be. So um, the surrounding area, of course, should be interesting. And we believe that public art creates that. Sometimes it's subtle, but once you notice liquid pixels, uh, Ned Kahn's piece, shimmering piece in in Roslyn, or the luminous bodies that I was mentioning uh, by Cliff Garden in Roslyn, you know, it, it, it adds a sense of place to the neighborhood um, and distinction, and it makes it memorable. You know, public art enhances enhances the look of a community, our community, and it makes it unique, aesthetically pleasing. You know, it's interesting to consider that some of these projects that we live with every day and get used to, a visitor is experiencing for the first time. Yeah. And it's a great way for them to get, you know, a feel for who we are, I think, through our public art. Yeah. Well, Angela, thanks so much for joining the show. Uh, One last question before we wrap up, though. As businesses uh, continue to allow remote or hybrid work, the role of the offices is different than it might have been 10 or even five years ago. Based on, you know, what we've been talking about here, how does this this change and this shift change the cultural value, maybe the aesthetic value of the place that a business chooses to locate itself? Yeah, you know, despite the advantages of remote and hybrid work, I mean, I don't know about you, but I can't spend the entire day staring at a glowing rectangle. So, <laughs> so I need to take breaks and you right. know, those often include walks. And, you know, I live in Clarendon. I love to, um, you know, actually, sometimes I walk around my neighborhood, but I also love to drive to places and check out other portions of the collection. So I invited a friend to meet me one cold uh and brisk uh, Saturday a couple weeks ago, we walked along the Four Mile Run corridor. And so it's a great way to get out, meet people and get out of your house <laughs> and, yeah. and see something different. Um, but I would say that, you know, the pandemic has made us even more likely to explore and, and pay attention to those things that are in our immediate surroundings. So, you know, if your home is here in Arlington and your work is your home, um, there's a lot to, to delight the eye when you get out and take a look around, especially in the corridors where many of us gravitate to for exercise and alternative work venues and and relaxation. Um, And then, you know, I also wanted to say that we're coming up on an important year. I mentioned that Arlington Public Art will be 40 pretty soon. Um, It's in 2024. And so I just encourage you to watch for special programming and engagement opportunities with your public art collection. And it'll be a year-long celebration that we're planning. Hopefully I answered your question. (laughs) absolutely (laughs) well yeah and again i'd like to thank angela anderson adams director of arlington public art at arlington economic development for joining the show you can learn more about arlington public art and arlington county economic development by following the links in the show notes or you can go to returnoncreativity.com thanks again for listening to the agile brand with greg kilstrom podcast brought to you by tech systems 
If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile.